Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome into the Blue Wire Studios for Bet to Win. I'm your host, Joe Fan. Here's Signy inside the win Las Vegas. Great show for you here today. Pat Light, my good buddy, former Major League pitcher, and the host of the Sorry We're Closed podcast, joins me to recap uh, a wild Major League Baseball trade deadline on Tuesday that saw Juan Soto become the newest member of the San Diego Fathers. And boy, is that a fun lineup. They also had Josh Bell and Brandon Drury, but when Tatis comes back, whoo! Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, Juan Soto, coming for you, Dodgers. You love that. That matches up very well with Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, and Freddie Freeman, which is also just ridiculous in its own right. Uh, before we get to Pat, I have got a victory lap to take. I started off my August winning picks with a winner, a sweat-free winner at that. Mets minus one and a half. The money line at the Nationals, that was at minus 145. So a small win after paying the juice, but a win nonetheless. Got a little two-game, two-leg parlay coming up at the end of this show. Um, real quick in football, we've got an update to the Deshaun Watson saga, um, and it continues. Uh, Roger Goodell, to my surprise, and, and maybe I was too cynical and too pessimistic, I did not think that Roger Goodell and the NFL would appeal the suspension that Sue Robinson handed down on Monday of six games. Now, in the CBA, it gives the NFL the right to appeal. I did not think they were going to. I thought, in defense of the owners and in the interest of good business, they would want to sweep this under the rug, let it move on, say, hey, we took it to an arbiter. This is what the arbiter decided, and that's what it is. We would love it for it to be more, but that's that's what's at hand. Well, they are going to appeal it. And, and under the CBA, Roger Goodell can either handle that appeal himself, which essentially just takes all the power and hands out whatever decision he wants. Um, credit to him. He's sticking with the third-party approach, and he has appointed former New Jersey Attorney General Peter Harvey to hear that appeal. Um, and the way that works is you can only use the evidence that has been used previously in that initial hearing in the appeal it's really just asking for a difference of opinion. And maybe Peter Harvey says, yeah, it should be a year. And that's what the NFL is reportedly hoping for. An indefinite suspension, uh, no shorter than one year. Um, or he could say, hey, this is the decision that stands. Whatever Peter Harvey decides, uh, that will be the end-all, be-all final decision. And then we will know at the end of that uh, whether or not Deshaun Watson will be out six games or longer. It's interesting because if you go through Sue Robinson's report, and I've got um, some just some chunks pulled from it that I think are really notable, there's plenty here to justify a longer suspension. The only reason it was six games, and by reading the report, the only reason it was six games was because of precedent. And six games has been the precedent for a first-time uh, offender in terms of the personal conduct policy in relation to domestic violence and sexual abuse. Logic would tell you that 20 plus, and now they only considered uh, four uh, cases or four of these women, four of these instances in this hearing. But regardless, four or five, obviously up to over 20 in Deshaun Watson's case should mean more than one. Zeke Elliott was suspended six games for one instance, one victim. Beyond that, you look at some of Sue Robinson's report. Here we go. Uh, quote, the NFL carried its burden to prove uh, by a preponderance of the evidence 
that Mr. Watson engaged in sexual assault, in parentheses, as defined by the NFL, against the four therapists identified in the report. Uh, she also found that Watson engaged in conduct that, quote, posed a genuine danger to the safety and well-being of another person. That's significant. Uh, continuing the quote, and conduct that undermines or puts the risk uh, at risk the integrity of the NFL, end quote. Uh, and then a couple more. Uh, predatory conduct uh, that casts a negative light on the league and its players. Um, that's egregious. You start throwing in genuine danger and predatory behavior certainly warrants more than six games, even though, as she says, it is, quote, by far the most commonly imposed discipline for domestic or gendered violence and sexual acts. We'll see what Peter Harvey has to say. Hopefully a conclusion to this saga coming soon. Certainly I'm in the camp that thinks it should be more than six. As does Sue Robinson, based on what she said, even though she went with precedent over uh, the evidence at hand that the, uh, that, uh, the NFL presented. Uh, let's look at some Brown team odds just to put a betting bow on this. Uh, at win bet, uh, the team total, win total, moved from 8.5 to 9 uh, after the initial six-game suspension was announced. That's juiced to the under at minus 160. Pretty understandable, given that I think there's a heavy uh, belief out there, or at least the possibility of this, of this suspension being uh, greater than six games. Uh, winning the AFC North that went from plus 320 to plus 275. Um, the AFC odds stayed the same. The Super Bowl odds stayed the same. Let's shift gears and talk some baseball. I've got former Major League pitcher Pat Light on with me, friend of the program and host of the Sorry We're Closed podcast. He's a WinBet brand ambassador. Pat, I miss having you here in studio, but it's great to see you again. You've been living life on the beach the last couple of weeks. How are you doing, man? Your summer's still uh, still rolling on. Also, the color coordination today by us is just on point. Listen, we're, we're great minds. We think alike. Listen, we're on the same page as always. Uh, but listen, the beach has been fantastic. It's a much, much needed break from my trip to Vegas. Uh, so uh, I'm happy to be here. My favorite vacations are the one that are the ones that are followed by a vacation. Those are just the best, mm -hmm. um, the best. Uh, let's talk about the trade deadline. We discussed when you were here in Vegas next to me at the desk, the Juan Soto deal was going to be uh, one of a kind. And it ended up being such, uh, the Padres are the ones that land him, which I think any, baseball fan outside of Los Angeles or New York was happy to see kind of a mid-market team step up and go hit and go get him and push the chips all in. And they also got Brandon Jury. They got Josh Bell in the Juan Soto deal. What do you make of the Padres who also traded for Josh Hader? It was a monster deadline. They completely emptied the cupboard in terms of prospects, but they now have a lineup that when healthy, it's Fernando Tatis. It's uh, Manny Machado, and it's Juan Soto, among so many others. Uh, where are you at with this San Diego team, and what do you make of their deadline? I mean, the team looks fantastic. There's no doubt about that. The thing that I don't think people are talking enough about, and I'm not sure why, is just how good Juan Soto is. I mean, this guy is a generational talent as far as his numbers that he's been put up throughout his career um, I would have unloaded any farm arm bat uh, that I had in there. I would have given future guys up 
to get this guy. I mean, he's just a guy you just don't get all that often. And to keep guys in your system just to not get them or just to just be like, well, we have more options here, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, so I love what San Diego has done specifically to compete with this Dodger team who has been good all year. Um, now you're talking about competing with the Braves, competing with the Mets, uh, even maybe the Cardinals and Brewers. I mean, this Padre team can compete with anyone uh, on any given night with, with this kind of lineup they're running out there. I think the thing that's so cool about Juan Soto, we obviously talk a lot about him being 23, and deservedly so. If you look at the Futures game around the All-Star break this year, I think they were like, what, double-digit players that were older than 23. So he is still of prospect age, and he's already a star in, in Major League Baseball, but he's already won a ring. I think that's something that's not talked enough about either, is that he is a hero, a World Series hero already. That happened at age 20. And so now the Padres, a team that still, by and large, hasn't been there before, this is the dude that has. And I also think it's important to look, you know, the Josh Hader trade, it was crucial because their bullpen had been bad. Taylor Rogers, their former closer, who they now traded uh, away, um, a move they had to make because he led, you know, led baseball in, in uh, blown saves. But you have a starting rotation, a four-man rotation uh, when you get to a playoff series that has Blake Snell, Hugh Darvish, Joe Musgrove, and Mike Clevenger. That's pretty damn good. And I'm not sure many other teams are putting out a front four that can compete with that. Um, so I, I'm all in on the Dodgers. You've seen the odds dip from, you know, 20 to 1 or more, now dipping all the way under 10 to one, um, which is, is incredible. And so I guess this is just as a Mariners, long suffering Mariners fan, it's, you know, you're a mid market team. You're just used to anyone and everyone going to the Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, and a very small short list of teams. And now it seems like the Padres are in that mix. Obviously the Dodgers are there. Obviously the Mets are there. They're 66 and 38. You think the Braves are there, the reigning champs, they're 20 games over 500. Is there anyone else you are giving a strong consideration to, or even in, in someone in that, la in that list, are you saying, yeah, the record says that they're a contender, but I, I don't think the list is that long? You know, honestly, I'm giving the Pirates a chance. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, Huge there's no O'Neill Cruz guy. Teams. Huge O'Neill Cruz yeah. guy. I love O'Neill Cruz. They're not doing anything this year, though. But uh, there's no one outside of that list that I really think has a considerable chance to compete with these clubs. And it's mainly because of who the clubs are. I mean, you're talking about the Padres and the Dodgers, probably at the top of the list of two really outstandingly uh, good teams and well-put-together teams. Then you're talking about this Mets team, who's – it's unbelievable this Mets team is third on the list in the National League because uh, they can go up against anyone and go 2-0 in a series with, with Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer going one-two punch for them. Uh, not to mention they have a, a fairly good lineup. So – you know, no one's really in the consideration in the National League outside of this group. And you always give the Braves a chance because somehow, some way, they always find a way to compete. I mean, I didn't think they had a chance against the Dodgers. They ended up beating them uh, in their World Series run. So, you know, they always find a way to compete. So it, it's those four teams and everybody else in the National League. Yeah, I'm curious. The Mets didn't make a ton of moves. They sort of stood pat. They added, a, you know, some arms to the bullpen. Um but overall, it's like we're going to battle with what we've got. And I guess you look at Jacob deGrom, who made his uh, season debut this week as, as their big deadline acquisition. Um, flipping over to the American League, how long would you make that list? Is it go beyond two? And do you put the Blue Jays in there? Or is it the Astros and the Yankees 
And then there's just kind of the best of the rest. You know, it's hard to say because, I mean, like we talked about before the show, America's team, Seattle, um, I mean, they're hot. They're, they're an exciting team to watch. Uh, and if they continue to play like this throughout the year, I think they got a chance to, to go up against these clubs and compete and, and have a chance because it's baseball to win them. Uh, but in reality right now, if you're, if you're giving a legitimate chance to teams to win the World Series, no, you don't really go past those two teams. It's the Yankees and Astros and everyone else. And honestly, the way the Yankees have played lately, you know, you're giving kind of the nod to the, to the Astros right now, although I did love what the Yankees did at the deadline, uh, contrary to their counterpart there in New York City with the Mets. But it's those two teams and kind of everybody else in, in the American League. Uh, however, I, I, I really do like this Mariner team uh, and the way they're competing right now. I love the Blue Jays, the way they're competing. Uh, and obviously the rest of the AL East is – I mean, the Red Sox are in last place in the AL East, and they're like two games out of a wild card spot, which is outrageous to think about. Uh, but uh, it's it is those two teams right now, and that's it's that's pretty much it. How much did you love, as a Red Sox fan, Seattle lighting up Garrett Cole on Wednesday for six runs in the first inning? Listen, it was I don't know if you saw my tweet, but I was tweeting about it, and I loved every second of it. Uh, although Garrett, a former teammate of mine, a really nice guy, I happen to like him a lot, but. Uh, I was I was thrilled to see uh, the Seattle. The only thing it's kind of a downer is although again the Red Sox, my team, are in last place in the division, they still have a legitimate chance to make the playoffs this year. And we kind of need Seattle. We're kind of in competition with them right now. So it was a catch twenty two for me. I was I was happy to see uh, Seattle just take it to Garrett in the first inning. But uh, on, the, on the same token, I kind of needed them to lose. I, I do want to discuss the Mariners, but let's stay in the AL East briefly because. I'm curious about what the Red Sox were doing. They were sort of like buyers and sellers. You you sell away your best catcher, your starting catcher, and a, a well above average catcher uh, to the Houston Astros. Get a couple of standout prospects from the Astros organization. Um, then you take on, I guess, really what you're not taking on anything because the Padres are paying Eric Hosmer basically to play in Boston. But they... It just it didn't feel like they were all in on selling or all in on buying. I guess that's kind of comes to the territory of being in no man's land of of good, not great. You don't want to pack it in for the season, but you also don't want to put your chips all in in a season that isn't likely to end in a World Series. What do you make of what Boston did at the deadline and sort of where they're at right now as a franchise? You know, I, it's hard for me to put into words. Just like you, you, you struggle to. It, it, it's it's the Reds. You know they. They, like I said uh, on other shows, it just hasn't been the Red Sox of late. You know, that the, the big, bad Red Sox team that everyone's so used to having. We just haven't been that team. Um, and the, I, obviously, there's three qualifying offers going out there at the end of the year, which would have been Vasquez, Ovaldi, and J.D. Martinez. It would appear as though because Vasquez was the only one we moved, that he was probably the odd man out of who was not going to receive a qualifying offer. Um and that they'd, they'd give one, extend one to Nathan Avaldi and to J.D. Martinez to keep them around for another year. So I understand it in that respect. But when it comes to this Red Sox team, it, you know, I don't want us to fall into that trap of the Angels where, you know, we're good enough to do something, but we're not good. We're not bad enough to sell. Uh, and we don't we, we want to do one or the other as much as it hurts to sell a team off. Um, you, the team that sucks in, you know, stays in no man's land is what you get with the Angels, which is just mediocre players surrounded by stars uh, or stars surrounded by mediocre players that just don't ever put something together. So it, it was a weird deadline for the Red Sox. I certainly hope we have some October baseball to make of it. 
uh, but I'm not confident that we will. It's interesting we talk about the teams that might have a shot. If you look at 538's projections, the World Series winner, only four teams have odds of greater than 10%. It's the Mets at 11, the Astros at 12, the Yankees at 19%, and then the Dodgers at a whopping 29%. Uh, below that is the Braves at 7, Blue Jays at 4, and it goes down from there. So they're really not giving, and I guess it makes sense. There are four teams that have been a cut above all season long. Um, I do have to note that my Mariners are in very um, new territory, for lack of a better word, as I'm struggling to find my words, for a 78% chance to make the playoffs. Uh, a playoff drought is that that is now old enough to drink alcohol illegally. 21 years this thing has been rolling in Seattle. They go out and they get Luis Castillo. There was, a, a, I would say, a small vocal minority of Mariners fans that were super upset because the, pro the prospect package was huge and certainly an overpay. But that's sort of the nature of the deadline. But they got Luis Castillo, who outdueled Garrett Cole in his first start. Um, this is one of the best pitchers in baseball when he's got his A stuff. What do you make of him and that trade as the Mariners are, are – it was a very obvious win-now move for a team that doesn't very often make win-now moves. Listen, like I, I think I said it on your show prior, you know, when I played in the Mariners organization back in 2018, you know, when they were close to a playoff or 2017 was when they were pushing for the playoffs, um, you know, they were, they wanted to get, they wanted, they wanted to do everything they possibly could to make the playoffs. Uh, now they had it make it, they didn't make a move like this. Uh, so it is kind of out of the ordinary for the, the Seattle team, but uh it's an exciting move. This is a move they needed to make. They needed a true ace. Uh, this is one of the better pitchers in all of baseball. I mean, with the exception of maybe Sandy Alcantara down in Miami, you're talking about obviously a Jacob deGrom, if healthy, stuff like guys like that. I mean, he's in the conversation with all these guys. So to have this guy as your ace and to come out and be the guy and go beat a Yankee team, uh, it's, it is – it's a great move for Seattle. It is uncharacteristic of them, uh, but it's a move I think that is needed to be made in order to end this drought. I think it, it's fun. I think back to, and I thought this when it happened, it was what, 2014 when the Royals were in the World Series and it felt like the entire country was rooting for Kansas City because it, they had been a team that had been in the basement and in the cellar for so long. The Mariners are, are that on steroids given their unprecedented 21-year playoff drought. I'm just picturing them playing Houston or New York in the divisional round or even the championship series if they're lucky enough to get there and just having everybody in my whole Twitter timeline pulling for Seattle. You're, you're a Boston guy, so like normally it's, it's you are the enemy. You are, like you mentioned, the big bad Boston team. Now sort of if Boston's on the outside looking in, do you imagine that Red Sox fans sort of jump on board uh, with the Mariners or a central team or whoever to uh, avoid a Yankees or Astros team in the World Series representing the American League? Uh, I can tell you with 100% certainty that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, it will be for any Red Sox fan, anyone but the Astros and Yankees. Uh, and then we'll have to pick, you know, or poison when it, if it ends up those two guys in the ALCS. But um, I'm on record uh, that once the Red Sox are mathematically eliminated, that I will jump ship to Queens again for the Mets. Okay. Um, but as far as an American League team is concerned, 
Uh, I'm certainly I – I have to stay with the Twins because they are the other team that put me in the big leagues. Uh, but after that, if they're, they're out, it's anyone but those other two teams. Literally anybody. Don't care who it is. Whoever's facing them, we're rooting for that team. So if it's Yankees, uh, Mariners, you bet your ass I might be front row behind that, uh, that Yankee uh, home plate uh, in the ALCS with a, some type of Mariners gear on that I still have from way back in the day. I love it. Twins, a great, a great team, and they had a, a really productive, quiet but productive deadline getting Michael uh, Fulmer and Jorge Lopez to add to one of, if not the best, bullpens in all of baseball. It is interesting. Um, it was just a couple weeks ago, but right when during the All-Star break, the win bet had the Mariners at 75-1 to 1 to win the World Series. That's all the way down to 25 to one now, which is just crazy. So anyway, Pat, enjoy the rest of your vacation, man. Enjoy your time on the beach. Uh, we'll chat again as soon as this thing rolls on, as we push closer to the playoffs. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Joe. Good stuff there per usual with my guy, Pat light again, former big league pitcher and host of the sorry, we're closed podcast and a win bet brand ambassador. I love talking baseball with my guy, Pat. So appreciate him. He's still on vacation. Uh, willing to give us some of his time here on bet to win. Uh, promo time, the bet 50 win 200 promo continues. New win bet users can receive 200 bucks in free bets after you make your first qualifying deposit and place your first bet on win bet. Once that bet is settled, you will receive four installments of $50 free bets. Go to winbet.com or download the win bet app for official rules and details. Winning pick time. I'm one and oh, a perfect one and oh in August plus 0.6 units. I'm going Astros, Phillies, two-leg, two-team, money line parlay. That gets it into plus money at plus 125. The Astros are against uh, the Guardians with Justin Verlander on the bump and the Noah Syndergaard making his Phillies debut against the depleted Nationals following that big Soto deal where all of their Major League talent, seemingly all of their good Major League talent, went to San Diego, uh, obviously, as Josh Bell and Juan Soto. So plus to, uh, 125, plus 125, Astros, Phillies, two-leg money line parlay for my winning pick here on this episode of the show. That's going to do it for us here. Again, thanks to Pat Light for coming on and talking baseball, recapping the deadline, and jumping on the Mariners bandwagon with me. Uh, huge four-game set against the Angels this weekend for my Mariners, followed by three more by the Yankees. I uh, hope you all enjoy your weekend. I'm off to Nashville to go visit a buddy. I will see you on the other side on Monday right here on Bet to Win.